We're going to take you straight to Moscow and listen in to President Putin addressing the events overnight. Let's listen in. Russia is engaged in for its future. Practically the entire military information and information might of the West has been sent against us. We're fighting for our independence, for our right to remain Russia. A country with 1,000 years of thousands of years of history. Today, our, the fate of our people is being decided. We need the consolidation of all forces. Everything has to be discarded that is that weakens us. Anything that can be used and is being used to subvert us from within. And therefore, any actions that split us is a betrayal of your people, betrayal of the uh, comrades that are fighting on the front line, a knife in the back of our people. And this was struck Russia in 1917, when Russia was waging the First World War, when victory was stolen from it. Politicking behind the back of the army and the people turned into a huge upheaval, the destruction of the army and the state the loss of huge territories as a result was tragedy, Russians killing Russians, civil war, and benefit was derived by various political adventurers, foreign powers that are tearing the country apart. We shall not let this happen again. We will defend our people and our state, including against internal strife and, and betrayal. And that's what we're facing, betrayal. And when personal ambitions take over, over faith in your own people and the cause for which the soldiers of the Wagner group are fighting shoulder to shoulder, those who liberated Solidar and Artemis, the villages and towns of Donbass. They fought and gave their lives for New Novorossia, New Russia, giving their lives. And this is the betrayal by those who are pushing the country to anarchy and fratricide, defeat ultimately, and capitulation. I shall repeat, any internal mutiny is a serious threat to our state, our nation. It is a blow to Russia, a blow to our people, and our actions to defend the state against this threat will be harsh. Those who consciously chose treason, blackmail, and terrorist methods will be inevitably punished. They will answer before the law and before our people. The armed forces and other state authorities have received the necessary orders. Additional measures of an anti-terrorist nature are now in force in Moscow, Moscow region and other regions. Resolute action will be taken to stabilize the situation in Rostov-on-Don. It remains difficult. 
In fact, this government and military administrations have been blocked. As the president of Russia and the supreme commander-in-chief, as a citizen of Russia, I shall do everything to defend the country, to defend the constitutional system, life and security and the freedom of people, those who organized and prepared the armed mutiny, those who took up arms against their comrades have betrayed Russia and will answer for it. Those who are being drawn into this crime, I urge them not to do, not to make this uh, irrevocable mistake and stop taking part in the crime. I am sure that we will preserve and defend everything that is sacred to us, and together with our motherland, we will overcome any trials and will be even stronger. So that is uh, President Putin there that we just heard from addressing the nation after this, of course, a dramatic uh, event. We had uh, Yevgeny uh, Prigozhin throwing down a challenge to the Russian military and we heard uh, President Putin there saying we are fighting for our right to uh, remain as a sovereign nation in Russia. He said any action that divides Russia is betrayal. Betrayal is a word he used uh, several times. He also said that uh, those who uh, were engaging in this were betraying the very soldiers, the Wagner fighters who had given their lives for a new Russia. Uh, he talked about personal ambitions taking over and the fact that any internal mutiny uh, was a blow to Russia. He said that. He also uh, talked about the response. He said our actions will be harsh. Those who have chosen treason, terrorism and blackmail will be punished. Uh, he mentioned that armed forces have been mobilized as well as additional anti-terrorist measures taken, uh, particularly to uh, take back control of uh, some of those areas, including Rostov on Don. So attempts going on there to restore order. That's what we've heard from uh, President Putin there. Well, uh, we have, of course, uh, been following uh, this story since uh, uh, this serious escalation of infighting between Russia's Wagner mercenary group and the Russian military began. Tanks and armored vehicles have taken up positions in the southern Russian city of Rostov-on-Don as a dis that dispute between the army and the Wagner mercenary group threatens to degenerate into fighting. Now, there have been videos on social media showing heavily armed men in uniform around a government building. The Wagner boss, Evgeny Prigozhin, released video of himself inside the local military headquarters in Rostov, which is one of the areas that uh, President Putin was mentioning. He says that all military installations in the city are under control and working normally. That's according to Evgeny Prigozhin. Well, earlier, the Kremlin ordered the arrest of Prigozhin, whose men have been fighting alongside Russian forces in Ukraine after he accused the Russian military of carrying out a deadly missile strike on Wagner troops in Ukraine. That's something that the Defense Ministry denies. And as we heard as well from President Putin, anti-terror measures have been introduced in Moscow with armored vehicles seen on the streets. And the M4 highway connecting Moscow and Rostov has been closed. Well, Prigozhin announced what he called a march for justice, saying that anyone who stood in his way would be eliminated. But he says that this is not a coup.
Мы били по ним, они били по нам, и это происходило. They've been shooting at us, we've been shooting at them. And that has been going on these eight long years, from 2014 to 2022. Sometimes the amount of shelling and exchange of fire has increased, and sometimes it is eased. On February 24th, there was nothing extraordinary. Now the Russian Defense Ministry is trying to deceive the president and the public by claiming there was insane aggression on the part of Ukraine, and they were going to attack us, along with the entire NATO bloc. So the so-called special military operation on February 24th was launched for completely different reasons. So a reminder there of what has been happening. Prigozhin has vowed to go all the way and topple the Russian military leadership, but he denied uh, that he was carrying out a coup. Russian state TV's Channel One interrupted regular programming to broadcast an emergency news bulletin recapping official statements about Prigozhin and Wagner and stating that uh, President Putin was being kept informed of developments. Well, Russian General Vladimir Alexeyev described Mr. Prigozhin's actions as madness, whilst the deputy commander of the Russian-Ukraine campaign, Sergei Sorovkin, told Wagner soldiers to stand down. You must do this before it is too late. Obey the will and the command of the elected president of the Russian Federation. Stop the convoys, return to bases and places where you were stationed. A lot has been happening, but uh, let's go live now and uh, talk about some of this with Colonel Brendan Kearney, former chief of staff for the U.S. Marine Corps forces in Europe. Thank you very much uh, for joining us. Uh, it's been an extraordinary uh, morning with all these uh, developments. Uh, if you were listening into what President Putin was saying there, I wonder if we could get your thoughts on uh, his response. Well, Nancy, it, uh, it really is extraordinary. I mean, you're catching me uh, on the American victory uh, sailing through the archipelago of uh, Alaska. And uh, I'm astonished, to be honest with you. Uh, I've been following Prigozhin uh, for a while. And he is uh, truly a character in the finest sense of the word. But uh, we're, uh, we're seeing a potential here of, uh, of Russia imploding uh, with the civil war. And we don't want that. No one wants it. And uh, maybe that will be avoided. But this is, uh, this is really uh, a really, really interesting historical time for Russia. Um, and uh, all we can hope is uh, the best for the Russian and the Ukrainian people. Uh, do you really think that it could go that far? I mean, you're, you're talking about the possibility of uh, Russia imploding into civil war. Uh, we have noticed, though, that uh, so far it seems that Prigozhin is, short, is you know, stopping just short of attacking President Putin himself and uh, saying that his problems are with military officials. Um, you know, it's an interesting relationship that is seemingly going on. And we've watched this now for seven, eight, nine months with Prigozhin in, the, in, in his group. Um, I, I'm not really sure anybody really knows in the West what exactly the relationship is. But Prigozhin is uh, constantly going after the most senior levels of the Russian military uh really not 
are really avoiding uh, criticizing Putin himself. But this is uh, there's a dance going on here that I'm not sure any of us really know what the music is. It's uh, that's playing it. Uh, so I'm uh, I'm astonished in many respects that Prigozhin is doing this this early on. Um, after his engagement here in uh, Western Ukraine. But it this is a strange time. But I, I guess if you look back to 1917 and 1918 in Russia, it was a strange time then. Hmm. And uh, the way you've put it, you know, the, there's a dance going on here. We're not sure what the music is. I think that's quite apt. Uh, does this... This seems to have taken most people by surprise. Does it suggest to you that we actually know less than we think we do about what's really going on in Russia, what's really going on within the military, what's really going on between President Putin and the Wagner Group? Uh, Nancy, I've been involved in studying Russia for uh, roughly 50 years. And uh, I, I have friends, I knew friends, they've since passed on that uh, were involved in Russia in the 1920s and the 1930s. And I'll tell you um, with great confidence, no one knows what's going on in Russia. It is an extraordinarily complex, uh, wonderful country that is uh, nowhere near Europe, nowhere near Asia. It, uh, if we want to figure out what's going on in Russia, uh, good luck. We just have to wait and see what happens. But uh, with the war going on in Ukraine, how do you think that will be affected uh, by everything that's happening internally in Russia? Uh, have we lost you, Brendan? I hope you're still with us. Unfortunately, it looks like uh, his voyage has cut us short. Uh, Colonel Brendan Kearney there. Uh, this was a really enlightening conversation. It's a shame that we lost him, but uh, we certainly got uh, some good insights from him. And earlier we did speak to Nina Krusheva, a professor of international affairs at the New School in New York. She's also the great-granddaughter of former Soviet Premier Nikita Khrushchev. Well, she began by telling us what she has been witnessing on the streets of Moscow. I went to walk around, I'm off-center, I mean, live close to the center, but not in the very center of it, but in, even on our street that leads towards the center, there are armored vehicles. Um, there are not many soldiers, but different battalions of different kinds, not that very many, but certainly present. Not very many people in the street. I was asked not to take pictures, and a few men, uh, young men, that were passing by were asked for their documents. I was not. Uh, so, so far, and I'm going to go later to do some walkabout and see uh, how it plays around um, near the Kremlin, but so far from the pictures that I've seen in social media and even in the state media, uh, there is the closer to the Kremlin, the more armored vehicles and more police and more soldiers are there and we'll see what Putin will say if he speaks because there's already been a question where where is Putin it has been the whole night going on and where is the president of the Russian Federation himself addressing this issue mm. 
And just to bring in a new line from the Russian Defense Ministry, apparently it has told Wagner fighters you were deceived and dragged into criminal adventure. As you say, people are waiting to hear what President Putin will say about this. But in the meantime, what are people saying about this? Is there much uh, conversation about what's going on? There is a lot of conversation. I mean, we started at six or five in the morning exchanging phone calls, trying to figure out. And there's a lot of scenarios, as you know. I mean, this whole war has been a lot of scenarios uh, of why and how and how it's going to end. And so what is the end game for Wagner? What is the end game for Prigozhin? What does he want? Uh, in fact, uh, the bit from his, uh, his address that you played uh, here in Russia is being blocked. You actually cannot hear this. You can only hear his statement or uh, know about the statement that the, uh, that the Russian troops, the military, uh, official military uh, shelled or, or uh, attacked uh, the Wagner camp, but not about why the war happened and how Putin was deceived and how every, everybody else was deceived. And in fact, that part of the corruption and uh, essentially doubting the the war altogether has been uh, banned by uh, uh, by uh, by the Russian uh, procuracy, whatever it is, the the attorney general uh, right away. So that part is is not even part of the discussion. It's only about the shelling. Uh, one of the scenarios is that that it is staged, maybe even by the Kremlin to have uh, a very violent but very forceful way to announce. Uh, uh, announce the further militarization, uh, the uh, martial law, and so on and so forth. So, so close the country, start a war, using Prigozhin for those purposes. Another one, and one should not discard it at all, and it has been like that for a year and a half, uh, since almost a year and a half since the war began, is that an absolute discombobulation in all forces of government, who bombed whom, who said what there is, and that's why, in fact, People are very upset still, uh, or are very upset, has been upset over during the night, is that where is Putin? I mean, there is basically military coup is happening and, and Putin is silent and kind of allow his flunkies to speak for, for the state. But basically one of the scenarios which I found uh, quite uh, quite convincing is that because Prigozhin has been such a hero of, because the, the army wasn't doing well, obviously, and Prigozhin has been such a hero and an honest hero because he was saying things that the army wasn't saying, like uh, there's a scene from Dr. Strangelove, the film of uh, Stanley Kubrick, uh, 1964, when General Ripper um, uh, went a little bit funny in his head and basically started shooting off. And so this is another thing that Prigozhin may think that he's invincible because he has been mm -hmm. indispensable for, for the Kremlin in this war, and therefore he can do whatever, even become the next president. I was speaking there to Nina Khrushcheva, professor of uh, international affairs. Of course, that interview uh, just before we heard from President Putin, who then said that this was a betrayal and uh, that those involved would be punished. Why don't we go now to speak to Moscow, uh, to Steve Rosenberg, rather, in Moscow, who is joining us live. Steve, I'm sure this might not be what you expected to be talking about when you woke up this morning. It's surprised all of us, really. Yeah, well, actually, yesterday, it began yesterday morning. I was astonished to, to watch Mr. Prigozhin's 
video address that was posted online where he basically uh, accused Sergei Shoigu, the Russian defense minister, of being behind the war in Ukraine, blaming him for the war, and saying that the, uh, the, the justifications that uh, the Kremlin had given, the original justifications, the need to denazify and demilitarize Ukraine, remember those back from February 2022, that this wasn't about those at all. He, he claimed that uh, the Russian defense minister had wanted to be promoted from uh, general to marshal. Um, and at that point, I thought, and other people thought, that perhaps this was a ploy to give Vladimir Putin a, a way out of this, this war, which hasn't gone to plan, to make uh, the Russian military leadership the fool guys here for uh, Russian military fail failures. And then, yesterday evening, uh, even more astonishment, as Mr. Prigozhin claimed that uh, the Russian military, in other words, his own side, had uh, launched a, a missile attack on a Wagner uh, base camp, killing, he said, lots of people, although he provided no evidence of that, and then announcing that the Wagner had taken the decision to, uh, to start a march of justice. He said it wasn't a military coup, but he said he had 25,000 Wagner fighters uh, who were ready to get rid of evil, he said in the Russian military leadership. So it was clear last night that he was laying down the gauntlet and this challenge to try to remove the Russian military leadership. And then waking up this morning, the reports that Wagner fighters had crossed over uh, from Ukraine back into Russia, that they had entered Rostov, the reports this morning that Wagner uh, is now in control of military sites uh, in Rostov, including the, the airfield. Uh, including, it seems, from another video, the, the major regional military headquarters uh, in Rostov, uh, there was this extraordinary video that we saw this, this morning, again posted on social media, showing Yevgeny Prigozhin sitting between two very senior Russian military commanders, including a deputy defense minister, arguing with them, basically delivering an ultimatum to them, saying that, look, I've come here to get the Russian defense minister and the chief of the general staff. And until I do get them, uh, we're going to stay right here. Uh, we're going to continue to blockade Rostov and we will head to Moscow. So quite extraordinary that uh, this Russian mercenary group that was fighting on the side uh, of Russia, Mr. Prigozhin, who had very close links for years to President Putin, uh, ha has apparently gone rogue now. Uh, and is determined to topple the Russian military leadership. And although he insists that he's not against the president, uh, this does put a lot of pressure, I think, on Vladimir Putin. And we have heard from Vladimir Putin. What did you make of his address? He said he was dealing with the crisis. It was a short TV address. He did mention Wagner mercenaries. Uh, he didn't mention Prigozhin once. What do I make of it? Um, this was a tough-talking Vladimir Putin trying to show to the Russian people that he is a president who remains in control of the situation, a very difficult situation. So we had phrases like, this is a, a stab in the back, he described uh, Wagner's actions. Um, he said that uh, domestic troubles were a deadly threat to Russia, and he promised a tough response um, he called this treachery, and uh, he basically likened the situation now to 1917, the year, of course, 
uh, of the Russian Revolution. So no sense from that um, brief uh, TV address that uh, Vladimir Putin is ready, willing, in a mood to sit down and chat to Mr. Pedagogian and, and kind of work things out, or even give up his defense minister, give up his uh, chief of the general staff. No, this is a president who's basically saying, enough is enough, we're going to crack down now. Um, but how is he going to do that? That's the question. It's, it's a very difficult situation for Vladimir Putin. And of course, you know, there's the situation in, in Ukraine. Uh, 16 months ago, Vladimir Putin launched a full-scale invasion of Ukraine. Russia's war in Ukraine has not gone according to plan, so a huge headache there for Vladimir Putin. Meanwhile, he has to sort out a very difficult domestic situation and a very dangerous threat uh, to his power here now. All right, uh, Steve Rosenberg in Moscow there for us. Thank you very much uh, for your analysis.